Hello and welcome to the menu, Monaco's food and drink program. I am Marcus Hippi. This week we head to Tallinn to find out how the Estonian capital, famous for its startups and high-tech society, is also excelling with its hospitality industry. We meet some of the capital's top chefs, find out how Estonia became one of the latest destinations covered by the Michelin Guide, and hear how the country has been developing its culinary identity. Estonian food is the ingredients and raw materials so not much about the dishes or the methods, more of uh, how we use the pure flavors and authenticity. All that, the week's headlines and a dinner soundtrack recommendation too, ahead in this episode of The Menu. Tallinn has gone through quite a journey since Estonia regained its independence in 1991. The capital was for long a destination for budget-conscious travelers, but gradually, as the country has got increasingly famous for its innovations and startup scene, the capital has washed its face and become a food destination that can challenge many other European capitals. Just one example of Tallinn's transformation and boom in developing new areas is that Fotografiska, one of the world's largest photography museums based in Stockholm, decided to open its first branch abroad in Tallinn a few years ago. On the top floor of the building is a restaurant that is run by Estonian top chef Peter Pihel. In the past he had worked at Sweden's world-famous Feviken restaurant, among other establishments. I caught up with Peter to talk about the evolution of Estonian cooking and how he ended up launching a restaurant at Fotografiska. Yeah, we're sitting outside on the wonderful terrace with a great view on the Tallinn Old Town. That's the called place Fotografiska Tallinn. We are a branch of the photography museums over the world. For example, the first branch was opened in Stockholm 10 years ago. And three years ago, we started in Tallinn. And now it's opened in New York, of course. Uh, next one is Berlin. Uh, Shanghai is on the list, etc., etc. So it's it's kind of interesting cultural meeting place in in the world. Now, Peter, tell me what was the order for the Krafiska gave you? They they wanted you to open a restaurant over here. So what does it mean when you go and open a restaurant at a museum building? Yeah, I was a little bit skeptical about that for the beginning, but uh, when I worked in Faviken uh, earlier before Fotografiska. I know Stockholm studied like uh, choose the sustainable way and I was really into it also already that time and we choose the same uh, way in Tallinn as well doing things sustainable way and it was very logical uh, movement for me to go go that way and yeah by the way we started three years ago but uh, during the covid time we haven't opened full year so that's kind of weird thing But yeah, this spring we earned a green Michelin star and it was, uh, of course, great feedback for the staff and for me and we doing the right thing and and, uh, all the customers are happy about it, etc, etc. So it was really, really happy spring after COVID. That's good to hear. You mentioned the key word sustainability already. Tell me more about your cooking philosophy and what you do over here. Overall, it's very easy. Uh, if you start planning the menu, we start uh, choosing the ingredients, of course, going and have a look how it's grown. Is it biological uh, way to 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 grow and etc. etc. So it's very important for us. Yes, we have to do during this 
fall or autumn, like a big question is on the table, are we gonna move out the meat protein from our menu? And uh, we haven't decided yet, but I think it's gonna be next next big thing for us. Then it's when the ingredients is, is choose, we have to have a look how it's uh, transported here. Uh, the packaging is important thing. And if the good uh, stuff is in the house, we try to use everything. And uh, if it's not, we really don't know how to use it. Then we have our own composter in the house. And when the, every Wednesday, the, the veggie guy comes from uh, south of Estonia to bring fresh vegetable for us. Then we give the compost back. So it's like a full circle. One of the main things is, is uh, we have to inspire the other world. So it's, I hope uh, we can inspire the other Tallinn restaurant as well. And all together we can do like big movements and uh, big uh, steps. But uh, I think the things going for the positive way uh, so far and then uh, has been very, very smooth progress, I think. So you talked about sustainability, but tell me more about your concept. How, how Estonian is it, for example? I hope it is Estonian because we are we are here, not not hope. I know it is, but of course we bringing in the other techniques as well, especially from Asia. I mean, it's very interesting to, to have a look around the world. For example, how how you can do the nice miso out of green bee or or the old uh, stale uh, black bread, what is really popular in Estonia. There is so many way to to go and cook and and find a new way. It's uh, interesting when the locals have to be happy. If they are coming back and they are happy, then you're doing something uh, right, I, I think. And uh, we always wanted to be like an easygoing place. Come as you are is like a one of the our slogan. Doesn't matter are you on jeans or, or a t-shirt. Please come and enjoy and uh, have a have a great time with your friends. That's the thing. What are the highlights on the menu at the moment? I mean, uh, one of the legendary dishes, compost baked uh, onion. The onion comes uh, next to the Lake Papus, was the English name, I think. Yeah, we take the nice Estonian uh, onion. We just cover it completely compost. We adding a little bit uh, salt in the compost as well and bake it in the oven. And then we're doing the nice uh, cheese sauce underneath. And that has been like a... One dish has been on the menu already for the beginning in a different varieties and and the styles. So, but still on the menu and people like it and really like a like a discovering still. Yeah, I'm come from Sarema, for example. Uh, there is a very nice summery trout dish. It's with courgette, zucchini, and uh, all the herbs what we found over here in the garden. It's very nice, uh, soury broth over the courgette, and uh, trout is lightly smoked. Uh, our uh, smoker is behind that corner, so we can have a look later on. It's it's very nice and easy dish, and, and it's very summery. So it's yeah. Peter, you are obviously from Estonia. You've done one quite long stint in Sweden, for example. You were at Fevikan for three and a half years, and now you're back in Estonia. How have you seen the food culture of this country develop? Where is Estonia now in terms of food? I think uh, we are on the right way, for sure. 
And uh, I don't know what we're doing right, but our food scene is moving very fast up and doing still. Uh, it's very good mixture about the foreigner chefs and the local chefs. Local chefs has been maybe aboard a little bit, and then they're coming back again and they're bringing in for the new, new fresh ideas. I'm I'm very happy to be here. The Michelin guide has, has come over here as well. Of course, it's the big thing for the restaurants. The Nordic white guide has been uh, many years or already here, and maybe it's it gives the better overview what's going on here, and and it's definitely good place to be head chef and cook. Peter Pihelve, who runs his restaurant at the Fotografiska Museum in Tallinn. Peter mentioned there already that the first ever Michelin stars for Tallinn were revealed just some months ago. Someone who worked very hard to get the Michelin guide to cover Estonia is Kadri Grön, who is the head of international media and gastronomy at Visit Estonia. This is how she sees the scene has been changing. Estonian restaurant scene has been, uh, we've seen the growth and the quality growth in in past few years. It has been very rapid. Uh, and also, I think the people who come to the restaurants and uh, and visit restaurants, they are more becoming more aware. So they know what they want and know what they want to get from the restaurants. But also, I see that our fierce and young and strong chefs have been a very big part of it because they have been abroad learning uh, and you know seeing the world and come back and put all the this what they they got from the world they have put in the restaurant scene and they have developed the, it uh, very strongly Estonians are historically been the nation who, you know, forage, who go fishing and always use our pure nature in in the food. So whether it's uh, wild herbs or mushrooms or berries, they all end up in our table. And it's also the way that we preserve the food, you know, char it or drain it or, or smoke it. So it's great to see that also the restaurants and chefs are using these ingredients and methods in their everyday work and in the restaurants. So. Well, I was already going to ask how you define Estonian food, and I think you did it quite nicely over there as well. How much have you been thinking about how you communi- communicate that to the international audience, what Estonian food is all about? Yeah, it is a tricky question because Estonian food is not so straightforward like, for example, Italian food. So it's more of a mixture of Estonian history, but also parts of our different periods and occupations. So it's I think Estonian food is uh, more about mixing it together and taking the best parts of it. And uh, as I said, yes, Estonian food is the ingredients and raw materials. So not not much about the dishes or the methods, more of uh, how we use the pure flavors and authenticity. If you talk about Estonian food and what stands out is our black rye bread. So it's uh, it symbolizes our national identity and it's been in our in our everyday life for decades and hopefully even now all the Estonians and restaurants they use it uh, in their you know part of the food and part of the dish. Something that has made it very clear internationally that Tallinn is 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 a, is a place with great restaurants is that you got Michelin stars over here just some months ago. Can you give us some background how that happened? 
Yeah, it's actually been a very long road, long journey. It actually even started like 10 years ago when uh, Estonia first approached uh, Michelin and asked what's our options. But then Michelin said that uh, we are not quite there yet. But now uh, around five years ago, they came back to us and said that the inspectors have been working in the field and some preliminary analyze and said that now the restaurant scene is has been grown and is ready. So that's where it all started. And in 2019, we held, uh, I think, the first, you know, serious uh, negotiation in Denmark with the Michelin team, and we discussed what it is to bring it uh, here. So during this between years, we, we've been um, the link between the Michelin team, the food sector, the government, and also the ministers. And it has been taking some time and persuasion, but now we're here. And yeah, I think it's all—it's not just us. It's also a very good uh, example of how the private and public sector has been working together, because it's uh, the restaurant has done uh, their part very, very well and has developed the restaurant scene so highly. So it was us to you know help them and bring it here because Michelin is not working with private part, a partner. They always work with the authorities in the city or in a, in a state. So we were we shared the same goals and same interests. And as Michelin, as the sector, we wanted to, you know, show the world that Estonia is a foodie destination. We wanted to recognize the, the food scene and the restaurants. So it's all been a part of the working together. How big of a difference does it make? Yes, as you mentioned, it's been only a few months, but we already see the impact because we've asked also restaurants some feedback and they are very happily responded that it's been their best summer ever. The, the awareness and uh, knowledge about the restaurants has have risen. Many visitors have said that uh, the customers who came came because of the Michelin guide and now they are, you know, more conscious and uh, the foreign tourists have been here more and more. But of course, uh, yes, the timing has always been great because it has been summer, post-COVID summer and all the restrictions were gone. So, of course, many came because of that. So it's very interesting to see now that uh, autumn is coming. So what's what's going to happen in the low, uh, low season? Kadri Grön from Visit Estonia there. Well, one of the recipients of the new Michelin stars in Tallinn is in the newly developed Noblesner area by the seafront. 180 degrees is headed by Berlin-born chef Matthias Dieter. In Estonia, he has hired an international team to work in his open kitchen. And in case you wondered, the name of the restaurant comes from the suburb view to the sea from the open restaurant space. So how has Matthias made his restaurant one of the best in the capital and how has the German chef pushed the boundaries of what kind of food you can find in Estonia? Let's hear from Matthias now. Well, the concept is actually made uh, from, uh, from all my last year's experience with, uh, with a chef's table, uh, with individual tables, with a lounge when the guest is coming. First part is of the left side the lounge where you can relax a little bit from the all-day stress. And then uh, I come over to welcome them and explain him a little bit about the concept. Then he get the first welcome snacks in the lounge. After a while, when he decides what he wants to eat or what kind of menu he wants and how many courses, then it's coming over to the restaurant and you start and direct actually with the menu. So it's a very 
attractive communication factor here. What is and everything is, of course, with a lot of big windows and uh, lights, uh, very, very high lights here inside. So, yeah, for me, again, it is very customer service focus, and uh, that's why all the chefs in the chef's table have our personally contact to the guest, and you need to explain all the dishes. This is for me very important. Now, you have a very interesting background. You were born in Berlin, and then you've been working, for example, in Dubai before. What brought you to Estonia? Yeah, it's a very good question. I mean, uh, you never know as, uh, uh, as hospitality where you end in, in the end. In the end, you, you can walk in the whole world. It's just about it. Who gives you a nice offer? Who gives you the opportunity to build some things up? And uh, I need to say that I was very lucky, actually, with the 180. But the story in, the, in Berlin was 2016 is going to the end. And then I was actually thinking to make a little bit of break for myself, to find myself a little bit after eight years marathon in Berlin with the high fish water. And yeah, and then actually contact me a hotel owner from Muhu. It's a small island here in Estonia. Yeah, and then actually I was very open, open mind. What have you learned about Estonian hospitality and Estonian food culture over the years? First of all, how do you define what Estonian food is? I'll be very honest, I, was, I don't have a big clue in the beginning. Yeah? While Estonia is a, is a country, it is very silent. It's a, in, in the European Union, very silent. You didn't hear so much. And in the point when I decide actually to come here over, then of course I look a little bit in the back, what is the food culture from where it's coming. And I mean, many, many countries was actually into uh, Estonia. There was the, the Russian culture was here, uh, Finnish, the Nordish, the Germans was here. So actually you have a lot of from outside. Influences. Uh, influences, exactly. So, but this is very similar actually to the German kitchen. Yeah, with, uh, with all the cabbage and, 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 yeah. There aren't awfully many foreign chefs working in, in Estonia, actually. Do you think you've been pushing the boundaries of what you can do in Estonia with your international outlook? Uh, I think when you have passion, when you have uh, emotions, when you have a knowledge, when you have a goal for yourself, I think you can cook in every each country of this world. So... For me, it was just a new start, a new start after Berlin, and I get a very uh, nice possibility uh, in Muhu with the own garden, yeah, actually to cook with a completely from back to the roots, yeah, with the garden, and you and you write a menu what is in the garden. So this was actually for me completely very good from a big city, main city like Berlin, where you have actually the telephone number. You call the suppliers and he tells you what you have, what you have. Yeah, and then uh, you write down the menu. So, and there is a little bit more with a back, back to the nature. Yeah, what is in any way uh, very popular to look a little bit in the queen side. Well, talking about food, just so that our listeners get, get a better idea of what you do, can you give me examples from your menu, for example, for today? What are your favorite things? Actually, everything is my favorite. When not, I didn't would put it in the menu. So I like very much fish. Yeah, I'm, um, I was working at uh, Chef Passioni in the Twista restaurants. Uh, fish is a good fish, uh, a good quality of fish, and to deal with fish. 
and also the hand walking, the, the, the knowledge about fishes for me, a very high point. That's why I'm a very into to the fish. What are your thoughts about Estonian hospitality and how it's evolved over the years? Yeah, I mean, I'm now five years here. And uh, when I was uh, coming over, the restaurant, the chain was much more like he is right now with uh, top restaurants, with very good restaurants. I think uh, what was a little bit damaged was the time with Corona. Yeah, and I think this is not just in Estonia, this is everywhere in Europe. And many people was going out of the uh, industry, search other job. And this was actually the damage here. And I think... And then many restaurants was actually closing here in Tallinn and Estonia. And that's why I guess it was very important actually to get the Michelin here to Estonia. But the, all the refreshment, either the, the soul to fight, the soul to do some things, yeah, it's a little bit back. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. And obviously you mentioned the Michelin stars over here and you, you have a star as well. What kind of difference has it made? Also, for me personally, not. I'll be very honest, but I have it already uh, over 10 years now. It is a very nice compliment for a walk, what you're doing for 12 months. It is a very nice compliment for the team. Yeah, Of course, the team, when he's going after he leaves well, in one point, 180, he has something in the CV. And, of course, the, the volume about each employee is coming out higher and more powerful so um, what was changing of course the restaurant was completely full up the next day the Michelin was coming and critical guest is a little bit more like before the people is coming and searching about mystics but this is um, I think this is completely normal right? Everybody wants to see now what is a Michelin star and what is the quality and uh, what is the different to here to Helsinki or to here to Berlin or here to Paris. So, Well, tell me about your thoughts. What is Estonia or Tallinn lacking when you compare it to, say, Berlin or London or even Helsinki? I mean, first of all, it's not really fair to compare. Uh, at one point, is There is uh, 3.8 millions in Berlin, and here is uh, 400,000 or 350,000 Tallinn. But the chain is, I think, for for uh, for the size of our city, it is very interesting what is in the chain in the market. But again, it needs a little bit time after the Corona crash, yeah. And I hope it's coming back like when I was coming for five years, and there was really really good restaurants. We are sitting by your open kitchen over here and what's really impressive is that I can see that you have particularly international staff. Is that on purpose? Yes, it's absolutely on purpose. But for me it's very, very important to have international flair here in the restaurant. I want an open, open, open mind, open mind meet people you have from other countries' experience and from the from their attitude much more open mind. And this is for me, we talk just English here. Yeah, well, everybody needs to understand actually the same language. So that's why, um, yeah, and of course, I mean, I was a little bit traveling around and I have contacts also a little bit international in other countries. And yeah, and so I'm quite happy to have an international team. Where are your staff members from? Oh, (laughs) actually, we have Austria, we have Sweden, we have Russian Estonia, We have uh, Argentine, 
we have Italy, we have France, we have Ukraine, we have India, we have Iran. What else is missing? I think you, ma- you mentioned UK. There was one from the UK. UK, yes, exactly from UK. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Also, actually, uh, 12, 12 different kinds of nationalities. I guess that also means that your management style or what kind of a boss you are, you listen, because otherwise it would be pointless to have these people from different backgrounds. It's important to hear what they have to say and what they suggest and what their thoughts are. Yes, I guess it's very important management and also the leader and leadership with the guys. I mean, he's coming here from all from the whole world to here and he needs to feel well and the atmosphere needs to be good here. And, and this is uh, 180 is our small home for everybody here. And by the most of the time on the daytime, uh, we spend actually here, the whole team together. Yeah, and this is for everybody, this is home here. Tell me more about what kind of a boss you are. Oh, this is. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I'm. Um, I didn't shout too much. No, I d- actually not at all. Uh, this is actually a good question. I, actually, I need to ask my, uh, this stuff. Do you want to ask? Yes. Here, uh, Marina. Come here. What kind of boss I am? Mm, very calm and uh, high management qualities, I would say, leadership qualities. Like when it comes to trouble, of course it affects um, in kind of like emotional way because like 180 is the baby of our chef, but I would say uh, all in all, he handles stress very well. Even the worst situations that we have been through, I would say, he actually managed to lead us through the harshest times, yeah, very calmly. That's some really good feedback. Yeah. <laughs> was she here on purpose? Actually, she was driving for three years here over with the bus from Austria to make a Baltic tour. Mm-hmm. Then she stops here. And then uh, she just wants actually to make uh, uh, one week uh, a, a trial here. And then from one week, he ends about three years. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And what do you expect when it comes to the future of Tallinn's hospitality industry? I, I, I hope, I hope we make a big step now. I really, I hope, and I hope also many people is coming uh, in from outside to bring the knowledge, to bring the uh, other spirit and knowledge and, and soul and... This is very important for Tallinn. This is actually for every each city very important to get influence from, from outside. And yeah, this is the competitions is coming bigger and bigger and better and better. And competitions is very good. Well, competition, with competition, you need to work hard to be better like the other one. So it's, it's fantastic. Matthias Dieter there. He is the head chef of Tallinn's 180 degrees restaurant. Finally, before it's time for a dinner soundtrack recommendation, let's get an update on what the food and drink industry is talking about. Here is Monaco's Lillian Fawcett with this week's headlines. UK food and drink exports have exceeded pre-pandemic levels for the first time, with sales to non-EU countries, including Saudi Arabia and Canada, growing rapidly. According to data from the Food and Drink Federation, for the first half of 2022, whisky was by far the best performer, followed by chocolate, salmon and cheese. Exports to India, which has been in talks with the UK about a free trade deal, have grown by 81% in the last year. 
Winemakers in California are getting educated on how to deal with climate change. A new federal grant will allow the winemakers industry body in Napa Valley to launch courses for its members on climate resilience and climate smart farming. The Napa Valley Grape Growers Association will receive a portion of $2.2 million in funding from US Department of Agriculture's Risk Management Agency. Hong Kong's famous Tung Po Kitchen has closed after 30 years in business. The restaurant was famous for its loud pop music and eccentric customer service and for serving beer in blue porcelain bowls. A popular tourist spot, Tung Po was forced to close after allegedly violating the terms of its tenancy agreement. An Israeli food technologies firm says it has developed the world's first lab-grown lamb. Future Meat Technologies says the product cooks and tastes like conventional ground lamb and is ideal for burgers and kebabs. Future meat products are not yet available to customers, but the startup hopes to have its lab-grown chicken and lamb on the market by the end of 2022. Thanks, Lillian. And that's all for this edition of The Menu. Remember that we are back with a new episode again on Friday at 2000 London time. That's at midday if you're listening in Los Angeles. Meanwhile, do check out our menu spin-off show Food Neighbourhoods for Great Recipes. And obviously, you will find many more reports on great hospitality from the brand new edition of Monocle magazine. I am Marcus Hippi. Our studio engineer was Callum McLean. Once again, we finish this programme with a in a soundtrack recommendation. Here is Carly with Walking On Air. Thanks for listening. Leave your dog.